ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast, episode number 320. Uh, before we get on what's on tap for tonight, let me introduce... Uh, we got a full house. Let me introduce everyone. Uh, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. What's going on, everybody? And up north, uh, David de Oliveira. No relation, but definitely better looking. And no relation, but uh, good to be back on again tonight. Yeah. And also making his uh, first appearance in studio... Ugu. Hey guys, thanks for having me back on. Appreciate yeah. it. Ugu, can we say can you say your last name? Freira. Okay. I just I always <laughs> gotta ask that because I don't know if people want to be identified or not. So I always ask to, to, if they want their last name to be out. Why why not did, a problem? Why did Dave have to clarify that there's no relation between us? That's that's what I'm wondering. No, because I mean, we do this every week and like are you embarrassed to be my cousin, Dave? No embarrassment, but somewhere somewhere down the line we are related. You got that dope-ass Benfica shirt. I know most mostly everybody that's listening right now cannot cannot watch this, yep. and we apologize in advance. But uh, Dave's got the what what jersey is that? Nineteen nineteen sixty nine. Beautiful, beautiful shirt. I think that's two thousand. Huh? Yeah, that's two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. From sixty nine to two thousand <laughs> is way off. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's get uh, let's get this started. Untapped for tonight, we will we'll, uh, break up. Uh, we'll break down. We'll break down the Eintracht Frankfurt game. We'll also break down the Stubel game. Uh, we'll look ahead to the Eintracht's second leg and the Maritimo uh, game, which comes up this weekend. That's uh, for the Liga Nos Benfica's next opponent for the Liga Nos. So let's get right into this. Benfica played Eintracht uh, last Thursday, first leg of the Europa League uh, quarters. Quarters, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Quarters. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you the lineup real quick. Vlakodimos was in goal. Corsia, Diaz, Jardel, and Grimaldo face in Samaris, Jetson, and Servi on the on the wings. Uh, Felix and Rafa. So a little bit of rotation here, uh, Chris. And uh, as we mentioned on the uh, on the preview of uh, the Eintracht game, you were unsure whether or not Benfica was going to be able to get a good result against Eintracht because. Of uh, of the lineup or the approach that Laj may have, looking at this lineup, what was your first thoughts? Yeah, I thought Benfica was resting a couple of guys too many, one too many guys. But you know, fortunately enough, they turned around, they performed. Benfica had a spectacular performance. I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to give you the privilege of breaking down the game. But um, the result turned out to be a lot better than I initially expected when I first looked at the lineup. Um, as you know, you and many other people have reached out to me asking me my prediction ahead of the game. And I said, I, I really have to, to reserve my thoughts regarding this game because I don't know which way Brun Lodge is going to go. And he, he did rest a couple of key guys, but nonetheless, Benfica uh, was was uh, worthy enough of an opponent to uh, to bring things and uh, perform well enough. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it was the uh, first uh, 15 minutes, I would say, a pretty balanced uh, game. But Ugu, after the red card that Eintracht picked up and, you know, with, with reason, obviously, because there was a, a clear red card going down to 10 men and a subsequent penalty for Benfica, which Benfica ended up getting on the scoreboard. Now Benfica starts taking a little bit of, of the lead in this game. We were just lucky that was in the Liga Nos because they would have probably not even gone to VAR. But Fortunately enough, it wasn't. It was in Europa League. Go ahead, Dave. I mean, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I thought the the penalty uh, unlocked the game a bit for Benfica. I thought Benfica came out a bit shaky. Uh, the first ten minutes uh, pretty much belonged to to Eintracht, um, and I thought they were again Eintracht's a dangerous opponent. They were moving the ball around very well, um, and then uh, a little bit of of uh, Laj's magic because Laj uh, played Jean Felix and Jetson really close to one another in that game. Um, he actually came out with no striker, which was a bit a bit surprising. Altered the formation a bit, put Samaric in the midfield next to Faiza. Um, <clears throat> but you know, so that 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 goal actually came from a, a combination between Jetson and João Felix, and a clear penalty, clear red card. Um, and then from that moment on, I again I was a bit disappointed with how we gave up a goal. Uh, you know, down down uh, down no up a man. Um, you know, Faiza can't give the ball away yeah. away at that that point of the game but uh overall um yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it comes at a period where Eintracht is trying to react, right? With 10 men that, that we all know, and we've been around football long enough that playing against 10 men isn't always going to be an advantage. And quite often, the team that plays with 10 men seems to tend to, to organize themselves better uh, and, and really make it competitive. And that's what uh, that's what Eintracht did. Uh, they were able to capitalize on that mistake, as you mentioned. Uh, but we were we, we we shut down that pretty quick with Felix getting a second goal right before the half. And I can't I think that tampered off a little bit of of what the momentum that Eintracht was uh, was building up. Dave, watching this uh, first half and going into the locker room, were you feeling confident that Bifiga was going to be able to pull a result, especially playing against 10 men and now 2-1 on the scoreboard? Yeah, you gotta you gotta hope and you expect them to pull out the result if they uh, are playing with the the extra man. Um, Would have liked to see uh, Servi convert on his chance right after um, Jean Felix's uh, second goal. Uh, Servi's right in front of the net and shoots it directly uh, at the uh, keeper when he has the uh, both sides open. So that would have made it three one going into uh, the half, more of a cushion uh, with the extra man. But uh, yeah, it's. Overall, unacceptable uh, to give up that uh, first goal in the second half with the man up, and uh, we'll pre- we'll talk about it more. But we also end up giving up the uh, second away goal with uh, the extra man as well. So yeah, uh, it just it's kind of unacceptable when we when you've got that extra man. Uh, you gotta we can't lately we've uh, been pushing up uh, too much and leaving the uh, the defense. Uh, to fend for, and the defense hasn't been uh, defense and keeper have not been making the uh, the smart plays there and been giving up uh, too many goals lately. Yeah, but I mean, in all reality, it was a couple of mistakes that uh, led to the goal. But up in up in a scoreboard and up a men, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to manage the the game better. So uh, Benfica came out for the second half and and right inside the first 15 minutes. And we always talk about how the first 15 minutes are crucial uh, for for any team to to score in. And Ruben Diaz putting Benfica up to, by uh, two goals, and then in the 54th minute, four one. And I think at that point we really deflated all the chances uh, from Eintracht. But they, they continued to, they continued to fight and they were able to get. That that uh, that second goal, Chris. Well, they looked for their important second away goal, and Benfica yeah. was was unfortunately was wasn't able to capitalize on the few chances they had to extend that lead and really eliminate uh, this tie going into the second leg in in, in, in Germany. I thought Svetovic had a, a perfect chance, a one on one with Kevin Trapp, and hey, look. Whether you want to blame it on Svetovica, you want to put the pressure, or 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 you want to say that Trapp was did well enough to get his leg on the on the shot and deflect it to go wide. It is what it is, and those are the opportunities that a team must take advantage of when you're trying to kill off any any opportunity going into the second leg. And Mifika wasn't wasn't able to do that. And uh, credit to 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 Frankfurt, which you know I don't like to give the opposition credit many times, but credit to them they never gave up. And uh, Gonzalo Paciencia, who came in, was able to get his head on the ball and place it opposite post and get the four two, yeah. uh, get it to four two, and give themselves a a, a a shooting chance going back to to Germany. Um, and it was very at that point, Alfredo. I have to be brutally honest with you. It was very deflating to give up that second goal, and uh, it was kind of a negative feeling to be brutally honest with you. But the more I thought about it as the time went on, um, I'd rather be on on, on the end of a 4 2 victory than, than on the opposite end of a 2 4 uh defeat. Benfica played well enough, Juan Felix. Stepped up when just, I mean, if you guys recall last week, I was here on the podcast saying there's one Felix I thought would benefit from a day off. Um, I thought he needed uh, to get to get some 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 minutes on the sidelines because it looked like his, his legs were getting tired and he stepped up, scored his scored his hat trick, became the youngest Portuguese player ever to score a hat trick in the European competition. I think not just the youngest Portuguese, but the youngest ever to score a hat trick in European competition. The kid stepped up and came to play. Um, as many people have said before, and, and, you know, obviously news is out there that Bayern Munich, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, everyone came out to see Jovic and they all left impressed with with uh, my brother, uh, Juan Felix, who had an exceptional game. Um, and, you know, all when, when it's all said and done, um, Benfica takes a 4-2 lead into uh, Germany and hopefully they're able to to hold on and and capitalize on this. A magnificent victory at home and move on to the semifinals to face uh, against Chelsea or what a locomotive. Praha. Slava. 
Slo- it was close. Locomotive, Slavic. You guys understand how I get it mixed up. <laughs> and and Ugu, quite a quite a uh, a night for Juan Felix, right? Not, there's not uh, he gets the the hat trick, but also you know as as Cristiano mentioned and, and David put on his stats, the youngest player ever uh, to get a hat trick in uh, competition, beating out uh, Eusebio's record. But you get a hat trick. You get a sense that it's one of those games that everything is going well for you. And then when he scores that third goal there there's that the emotions finally come out yeah no for sure uh i think it was a bit of uh, silencing some of the critics uh, that was coming out in the press um if you guys recall correctly Lodge in in his post-game press conferences was already having to answer uh about jean felix being in bust forma um so again it was important for the kid to do it and to do it at that stage um as chris alluded to earlier there was tons of scouts uh unfortunately for us or fortunately for us however you want to look at that for me it's unfortunately um he was able to to rise to the occasion and and uh, silence a lot of the critics that uh obviously were uh, were coming were stepping forward and uh, um trying to 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 get into his head yeah Look, at this point, if you don't have a, a folder on Juan Felix that's about a, an inch thick and you're watching him for the first time, you're late to the party. You're, you're definitely not going to be one of the suitors that is going to uh, beat that clause and, and take him away. So uh, at this point, Juan Felix is, is not news to, to anybody. Shouldn't Nobody should be um, surprised by Juan Felix's talent because the talent is there. Obviously, a, a, a European game in the quarterfinals of the Europa League and you're able to score three goals and you have that dominant of performance, obviously that's something that a lot of people take note. But Juan Felix has arrived on the scene. He he is here. He's here, um, and you know what? Uh, Juventus uh, could have used them today. They they got one Portuguese. They got one Portuguese superstar. I think it's time to shell out another couple of uh, million and uh, get the other Portuguese superstar to pull her over the top. Dave, for those of you that are new to the podcast, Dave's girlfriend's Italian, so you know he's rooting that uh, that, that Italian side in him is coming out. Look, Juan Felix, fantastic. Juve is not my Italian team. I'll tell you that much. They're at the bottom. Those Great. corrupt bastards. Same as mine. But look. John Felix is a fantastic um, young player. He's a fantastic lad, as I like to say in uh, you know good old friends in the UK. Um, I happen to know him personally. He's he's he's, he's look he's he's a really the good person. nudes though, guys. He sends them to me normally, <laughs> but <laughs> Chris but, has got to approve them first, right? Yeah, I got to approve them exactly. Thank you. I got to you know, such make it. Muzz, look, I, I I hate to say this about the kid. I I think he I think the the sky's the limit. On on, uh, on on Joel Felix, but I think he wouldn't. You know, I think another year at Benfica would suit him yeah. well. I Agreed. think he's an extraordinary talent, and um, again, as I stated before, I think he could get to to meet every uh, expectation that there is out there about them. But I don't think he's there yet. And I said that last week, and then he goes out and shuts me up, and he scores a hat trick. So um, I hope he's listening to this once again, and he goes out and proves me wrong, and scores another hat trick because he knows that um, I'm listening to him, but. At the end of the day, he knows that I'm rooting for him. Um, like I've mentioned before, we've struck up some type of friendship. You know, we, we talk on a regular and I wish the kid nothing but the best. And so I don't want him or anyone that's listening to this to to, to misinterpret this as a knock on him and saying that I think he could use another year at Benfica. But it's the way I feel. I think is he, it true you, you've given him some playing tips? All right, look, that's between him and I, and I think we'd like to uh, to keep it on the Benfica podcast. We'll talk about it all fair. But look, nah, the kid doesn't need any tips from me. Uh, he's a fantastic player. He's, he's he's made the most of his opportunity, and Bruno Lage has um, used them as smartly as anyone. He's given them as, you know, as much uh, leeway as, as there is. I think the one thing about Bruno Lage, and it's the one thing I've, I've touted about Bruno Lage since, since we've um, – since he's been appointed uh, the head coach of Benfica, is that he instills this confidence in uh, every player, from from a, a youngster in a in a you know a João Felix to a Jetson to a uh, Florentino to a Jonas to a veteran like Jonas. Got, exactly, todos conto. But then again, look, I don't like to use that todos conto in Hugo because our former coach used to say o caval passa a porta de frente todos, <laughs> and we saw that that wasn't the case because because uh, Tarapto was outside with his cowboy boots on and his cowboy hat, and the, and the horse never came through. Um, or so, the camel, whichever the way cam- you want to look at it. Pavaca or cavaca. Camels in Portugal, Nuala. Come on, Alfred. Não é lógico. Não é lógico, mas não. lá em Lisboa, pá. Vacas e cavalos, isso. But look, he's, 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 they've both 
worked fantastic off of one another. Um, and I think it's it's been terrific to watch. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that Lajas brought to this team is was not only his um, his knowledge of the B team, but also the familiarity that he's had with some of the technical staff at Benfica. And when I'm talking about technical staff, I'm talking about the guys that are uh, coaches that are part of of the staff of of very young uh, teams at Benfica. Guys that have followed these players through their different stages of learning and evolution, right? So when he turns to a guy and says, hey, what's, what's your, your profile on this player? And they're able to tell him, well, I've known this player since he was eight, nine years old, and these are his strong points. Then all of a sudden, that familiarity and that confidence and that trust factor that he has in members of the staff and not as direct staff, but staff at Benfica, become something that he could use. We heard here uh, oftentimes that Rui Vitória was a guy that there was a lot of work prepared for Rui Vitória ahead of the games. There was Benfica lag reports that were that were given to him and he used to ignore the hell out of those reports and oftentimes and we all see the results and what happened. But I think that Laje, uh, I think todos contam is something that could be applied to, to everything, not only players, but also Every member of the staff at the Seychelles uh, knows Brun Lage. Brun Lage is is friendly with, with all of them, and he takes their advice and and he trusts their advice. And I think that's one of the biggest difference. In the, in the winter break, when he brought uh, Ferro, when he brought Florentino, when he brought Jota, uh, there was at a point there was a lot of people that questioned it. That you know these are going to be our our force for for the for the winter. And now you look at it, Ferro. Undoubtedly, one of our best center backs, Florentino, is growing in leaps and bounds and confidence in the way that he, he plays in in the in, in the first uh, in the first team. And Jota just hasn't had his his opportunity because Rafa has been playing well. Um, but once Jota gets that opportunity, he's going to grab it. To, to me, it shows a lot of the maturity that happens at the academy level, at the club. Because, again, it's one thing to instill these academy kids into games that don't mean much, uh, which our neighbor and rival is used to playing games like that. The other thing is to launch these kids under pressure. Every game is a must-win. Um, launching these players in a European tie, um, obviously with, with all the history that the club has. Uh, it's not easy to do what Laja is doing um, with these kids at the moment. So credit also goes to, to everyone at the Academy for preparing these kids for the, for this moment. You, I don't know if you've, if you've listened to, to our previous podcast or not, but I've, I've mentioned I here on, on a handful of times that um I had the privilege of speaking to a couple of uh, Benfica guys. This guy's that, always name dropping. I'm not, I, I said I had the privilege. <laughs> I am not name dropping. I'm saying I spoke to, to a couple of people that know the insides of Benfica a lot better than I would ever anticipate. And so this is, direct knowledge of, of what's going on. And so when I question uh, the addition of João Felix and being promoted full fully to the, to, to the main squad and then uh, Jetson, and then you get to January and you get Florentino and you get Jonas, uh, uh, not Jonah, what's his name? Jota. Jota. And you start making all the inferno and you start asking all these questions and the, and, and the overwhelming response from those on the inside I will not drop names, but from those, and I'm not making this up because obviously what I'm saying is correct. Um, the overwhelming response from everyone was, Chris, these kids are prepped for this from the earliest stage possible at Benfica. So when a Florentino gets promoted to a Benfica, to the main squad, and he's playing in a team, and he's making his debut as a starter in Istanbul, to him, it's another day because he's playing with that added pressure every single day, whether it's at Benfica B or at Benfica U19. So to them, to these people, when I did mention these players, to them, it was like, bro, it's another day. It's another walk in the park where to myself, it was a surprise. And I'm being honest. I'm not, I know you're smiling at me. I'm not trying to be fatigued. I'm being honest. I was surprised like, whoa, damn, yo. Florentino making his debut in Istanbul and the kid looks like he hasn't missed a beat. looks like he's comfortable. And like, Chris, why are you surprised? This is what Benfica preps these kids on a day-to-day -day basis for moments like this. So every moment on the B team, on the U19s, you whatever, you go down the line, they are prepped to when they get to the stage. 
that it's just another day for them. It's yeah. not like deer in the headlights. That's the importance of having a B team. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Allowing these boys to play against men. Yeah. Um, and, and let's not forget also that Benfica has been to two uh, UEFA Youth Champions League finals in the past five years, uh, which is obviously the, the highest level of competition that you could have at the, at the youth level. So these players have played in that stage. So they're used to that type of pressure. They're used to this type of competition. So as Cristiano mentioned, the transition is seamless. It's seamless. It seems to them it's nothing new. It's like nothing changes on their day-to-day -day preparation. And we know that expectations are high as they move up the chain. We know that preparation and 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 basically the walk up to the game, the lead up to the game is different. Hugo, you've been involved in this with Arsenal and other and, and other organizations. Our good friend Leroy Skater sitting here watching us. Alfredo, you've been privy to this as well. We see every team, every age level, every group has a different way of approaching things. And Benfica tries to keep that as close as possible from the main squad to the under-14s to the juniors to because they want these kids to just move up the ladder and it all be seamless. It all be the same exact thing that they've been practicing. Yeah. Same thing they've been going through over the last four or five years. It's nothing new to them. A lot of good things happening at the Seychelles, if you don't know. But uh, let's uh, let's uh, since we're on the uh, track and and uh, if you could take in uh, four to uh, aggregate over to uh, Frankfurt this Thursday, let's let's get into. Before uh, we move on, though, I think it, it, we haven't we haven't we haven't mentioned that it, it was good, but it wasn't good to see Jovic. A guy that Benfica loaned out with with the shitty release clause and and, and you know uh, he scored. It, it was good because it, it it does bring up his value, and Benfica sits to uh to make more money off of him. Wait a minute, did you just say it was good? No, to no, no. See an opponent if so, my, put an away goal and stay the loose. No, no. My thing is, if someone's gonna score it, let it be him. No, let it be no one. No, I'm, a, I'm we're in agreement. I I don't want anybody to score, but if I look. My thing is this, and I told Alfredo this right so, after the game. So oh, wait, wait, wait. Pera, 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 pera. Pera, pera. No, that's Renato Sanchez, and, and even then, I'm still not, I'm not happy about that. Don't remind me that day. But I told Alfredo that right after the game. If someone was gonna score, I don't want the three Pedro to score. Goes, I, I would much rather you did have. Score. I, am I speaking or are you speaking? <laughs> I would have much rather have Jovi score his second than have a three. If someone's going to score the second goal, are we in agreement here? No, because for me, so interesting about Benfica. It's for the Jovic. Oh, and what Jovic interests about Benfica? Because scoring his value goes up, and Benfica makes more off that twenty percent. I get what you're saying. Am I right or wrong, Leroy? You're you're the agent here. You're the guy with the brain. So Leroy is nodding in agreement. Leroy, that's why he's my boy. But look, I think I don't want anyone to score. But if if no, in, someone's in going to score, no sir. I, I understand no what you're things. saying. In all seriousness, thank you. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, so let's uh, let's get get right into that Frankfurt Eintracht Frankfurt preview. Uh, and Eintracht hadn't lost the game in this competition, Dave. I'll, I'll let you uh, take it away. There's there's quite a few stats here, uh, some of them encouraging, some of uh, some of them not so encouraging. But I'll let you take it away with uh, these stats with uh, with Benfica traveling to uh, Frankfurt this Thursday. Yeah. So like uh, you had said, uh, this is Frankfurt's uh, first Europa League uh, loss this season. They were uh, a they previously had eight wins and two draws, so we uh, they picked up their first uh, loss. And then uh, on this past weekend, they've also uh, lost 3-1 at home against uh, Augsburg. So back-to-back uh, -back losses for the first time uh, since December. And they've played with uh, a similar type of lineup as they did on uh, Thursday, so it's not like they went heavy into the uh, squad rotation. I think there was a maximum of uh, two players that were uh, switched up. Uh, but yeah, so 3-1 loss at uh, home for them this past weekend. Um, Benfica has only been uh, eliminated once out of the previous 14 fixtures after they've uh, been ahead two goals uh, with the first leg at home. 73% uh, of teams qualified to the next round after winning the first leg at home 4-2 in European competition history. So uh, out of 66 games, uh, 48 teams have qualified onto the uh, the next round. But uh, Benfica all-time in Germany have only uh, two wins, six draws, and uh, 16 losses. So we have that going against us uh, playing in Frankfurt this uh, Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, Portuguese teams in general don't have a good uh, record when they uh, go to Germany and play. Uh, again, two goals. 
I don't think it's it, it's 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 comfortable to the point that you got two goals right. And if you manage you, you manage the game correctly, and I'm not talking about enter the game to tie the to not to to tie the game or not to you know just play defense is not going to work out. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I actually uh, remember uh, mentioning to to Chris after the game, I, 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 it was a weird feeling. It was a bittersweet result for me. Um, again, conceding two away goals when you're up a man for 70 minutes, uh, especially the first one uh, during the run of play. I, listen, I can understand on a set piece things happen, um, but the first one really deflated me. And 4-2 to me is not a safe result at all. No, uh, The eliminatoria is nowhere near being resolved. And again, I think it's up to Benfica to go out there and pen o acelerador desde o primeiro minuto. Uh, score an away goal, grab an away goal, and then uh, I think we can settle in because I don't think 4-2 in a, a again, a packed Frankfurt stadium, yep. they're, they're, they have a chance to make history as well. Um, again, Enuto, I'm not safe with that result. I, I think we're going to advance, but again, it's not a result that leaves you relaxed. And that's don't why lie, I, bro. Don't lie. Christina, what's, what do you think the approach is going you to go be? Hugo and I got into a discussion where you were like, oh, my, them guys, yo, they're better than, than what I expected. They haven't lost since December. I said, they just lost us 4-2. I, was, I, I don't rate – look, you know this very well. I came on here last week and I said, look, I think they're better than what people give them credit for, but I don't think they're 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 they're, they're a top, top, top team. I think Benfica has the obligation to beat them on paper. Now, anything can happen on – on uh, on uh, please don't tell me somebody's calling from China once again. No, no China, no China. This time. Uh, I don't th- – I, I don't think – I don't think uh, – I, I, don't, I, I don't think Benfica will – give away this two-goal lead. I think Benfica has enough quality to hold on to this two-goal lead. I think Benfica has the quality to go on and score in a Frankfurt. And I know they haven't scored since, since, since I mean, they haven't lost games since December. It's impressive, yada, yada, yada. But Benfica still um, put a pretty impressive game together against them. And I know they had a man up, yada, yada, yada. But I think Benfica is good enough to hold on to this result. The only way I don't think Benfica holds on to a result like this with the two-goal lead going into Germany is what does Brunelage does? And again, it goes back to the question that we posed last week. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know how to gauge. I don't know how to guess. I don't know what Brunelage and the higher uppers, right, the guys in the suits, what decision they're going to make. Well, going into this game on Thursday, Brunelage is as mentioned, and and I think that when when people question him about the rotation of the squad, uh, the explanation that that he has for uh, for 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 this, and and he doesn't really consider it rotation. He considers that every player brings a different wrinkle to the game or a different skill set. And when he put when he decides to put Florentino or he decides to put Faisa. Uh, instead of Florentino or Samaris, whoever, he feels that that's what the game asks for. Uh, so when people question about his, his rotation, it's not so much the, the rotation. He explains it as people, that's what the game asks for. He needs players with those traits and that's those skill sets, and that's what he's going to uh, play with. Uh, but, Ugo, what do you think the approach is going to be from Lodge? Do you think that he, he's going to go with his strongest lineup? Do you think there's going to be some some ro- some rotation? <laughs> do you think he, he's going to adapt to what Eintracht might bring to the game? I think you can expect a little bit of rotation. Um, I think Jetson gets back in there. Um, forcefully, Andre Almeida is going to have to be a right back because obviously Corsia went down to, to injury. Um, aside from that, again... Almeida did look sh- shook up. In the last game, no, you went down and looked serious for a minute. No, it was a Charlie horse to his. Uh, oh, uh, if that's uh, the I, case, then Jetson thinks you got a little late. There's yep. no other option. But anyway, um, oh, that's my train of thought there. But the uh, approach, yeah, the approach. Uh, I listen again. I think uh, the fact that Jardel and Faiza were left off of the Contraj on the weekend dictate that they're going to be in the lineup again. Uh, so I think I think it's going to be a similar lineup to what we saw. Uh, in Luge, the only thing is now, I believe, because again, we're going to have to play more so on the counter. I think Seferovic gets a start so he can stretch stretch out that uh, that back four or really back three because Frankfurt plays with three defenders. Um, so I think Seferovic is going to be inserted in there. So you might see a little bit of a tactical switch uh, on that. 
uh, standpoint. But uh, I expect a little bit of a rotation. But again, for me, if you're asking my opinion, it has to be Ben Wislodor, Benfica is close to to another European semifinal. And all of a sudden, you're two games away from from uh, playing another another final, which hopefully we can uh, we can break this uh, this horrible curse that we're that we're under. <laughs> you don't believe that shit, do you? No, I don't. Okay. No, so uh, Eintracht did lose, will lose one player that it won't be able to play. Obviously, the guy that picked up the red card, but they do get two players back that were starters that uh, weren't available to play against Benfica in the, in the first leg. So, uh, look, it, it, it's not going to be easy. I think that Benfica has to be very cautious. I think that they're going to have to withstand some of the pressure and the onslaught, perhaps in the first 20 25 minutes by Eintracht and I think that if you make it past that without allowing a goal and you're able to take out the crowd away uh, or off or or from being an influence on this team I think that you put yourself in in a very good position uh, I think that if you allow an early goal uh, the crowd is just going to re get re-energized the, the team is going to get galvanized uh, and I think it's it's going to be a, a, a tough game because if Eintracht scores two goals they're through yeah, I think again. I think the man that could play a pivotal role on uh, on Thursday, if if he does get in the action, because he he only came on in the second half as a substitute, is Peasy because he has that calming influence. He could calm the game down, settle it down. Um, so I think he would be it would be big to insert him in the lineup. But again, I don't know. To Chris's point earlier, I don't know what Laja is going to do um, as far as some of those guys. Yeah, Dave, what what are your feelings on this uh, going into this game? If uh, Mr. Lodge is saying that uh, he picks these players based on what the game requires, I don't know what game survey ever needs to be uh, put into <laughs> or start in, in the starting 11. Uh, no disrespect to Mr. Lodge. We love him and Lodge we trust, but survey is not uh, a player for any match uh, match uh, form. Um, with you saying that, I... a lot. You could run a lot. Uh, that's good. He offers so, consistency defensively, so I think that's the only thought process. What was uh, I think there was a question that uh, somebody posed, and I can't remember the question now. I, I tweeted the the somebody asked them in the post Stubal game. Somebody asked them a question um, about Laj's style or something like that, and he said, "No, it's it's run a lot style." Uh, meaning the, the team just works hard and they put themselves in, in a very good uh, position to uh, uh, to progress with the ball and put themselves in, in front of goal. And I can't remember the, the expression now, the question that I was asked to him, but he did say it's run a, it's run a lot, not uh, Laja's style. But, uh, but yeah. But, uh, you know, we could expect a, a difficult game at, uh, in uh, Frankfurt. It's almost uh, like Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir mix a lot, yeah. I like big butts and I cannot. That's another So, so yeah, so um, it's going to be a tough game, but I think that Benfica has the quality and the talent uh, to be able to uh, to come out out of uh, Germany with uh, with a good result, even if it's just a tie. But again, I think that if the approach is uh, that you're playing for a tie uh, and you play ultra defensive, I think Vash Darmal. That, no, that always backfires. That unfortunately, that always backfires. I know a, a two goal lead is 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 a nice cushion. I would much rather have a three goal lead. Um, going into Germany, you know these guys are going to feel comfortable. They're going to have the pressure on themselves. They want to uh, advance because they have an opportunity to do something historic for the club. Uh, but that being said, I think Benfica has a responsibility of holding on to this result. It just uh, scares me. It does. It, it really does scare me because I do think uh, Benfica is looking rightfully so at this stage in the game. Um, they are prioritizing the league. They, they're playing a Maritimo um, at home, who is a pesky little team. And we'll get into uh, that game in a, in, in a couple of minutes regarding uh, Petit, the former Benfica's players' uh, decisions. But Benfica will want to take that game serious. They, they prioritize the Campeonato. And we'll see. We'll, 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 we will see what happens on Thursday. I think Benfica fields a, a formidable lineup, and hopefully it's good enough to um, to beat this 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 nice, you know, German sensation, a, a team who's had a, a stellar year. Um, I think they've been a lot better than anyone would ever anticipate. Um, but nonetheless, I think Benfica has the responsibility to come away. Look, look, they have a two-goal lead going into Germany. Score one goal. 
do the opposite of what the hell you went into Stadio Zalvalade a couple of weeks ago in the Tasso Portugal. You score one goal there, the tie is done. I hope Benfica does the same thing. Score a goal in Frankfurt. Hopefully Sferovic will want to come back and uh, prove to his to his old Much fans. Much like Jovic. Absolutely. Much like Jovic. Um, come in and prove and that, look, he's not a, a mishap. It wasn't a shot in the dark that, he's a, that he is a quality player. He scores a goal. Give Benfica the early breathing room, and and I think you know it could be a very positive Thursday afternoon or evening, uh, I should say. Yeah, turning our attention now to uh, Benfica's uh, last uh, game for the Liga Nós this past Sunday against Vitória Setúbal at Stadio de Luz. Uh, I'll give you the lineup, and we'll get into that real quick. Uh, Vlaco Dimos, Almeida, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo, Samaris, and Florentino in the middle. Pizzi and Raf on the wing, Seferovic and Felix. So I think that when you look at this as perhaps, uh, you know, with Gabriel being injured is perhaps uh, Benfica's strongest uh, lineup. And Benfica started quite uh, quite strong. Two minutes in, Rafa getting a cheeky uh, touch uh, after João Felix's cross, uh, putting Benfica up one nothing. Uh, and then in the 29th minute, we had that uh, that obvious PK with the handball that they went to the VAR. How does that even go to VAR? How do, like, look, first of all, First of all, fantastic job by Benfica not to get the boom, boom, boom. No. Rui Vitória lá para frente. 26 touches. João Félix to Rafa. Little cheeky touch. <laughs> I think he mishit it, but who cares? Counts. Uh, one nothing lead. Then that bull BS, BS penalty, which I'm still questioning. Why in the world did Ruben Michael not get a red card? I mean, the guy's got his hand up, raises it even higher to block a shot going on goal. Why does that even have to go to VAR? And Dave, Super Dave, my cousin from up north, we talk about the VAR all the time. We talk about the refereeing decisions. Please explain to me. You adding fire, I mean, wood or gas to the fire by even going to the VAR? Because to me, if that is not a clear penalty, it's a, it is I don't know penalty. what it, why did it, he didn't call it. He didn't call it because it's too quick. Uh, I don't think from where he was, he Alfredo, had a chance to get with, a really good look with at With all due respect. Because Ron Felix got, calls, calls him out. You're, talk, you're talking as a referee, and I watch your referee, and you should have given a red card, which you didn't. So I don't take, I don't trust <laughs> We're, you. We're reffing you, you nines. I don't care. You That was a red <laughs> The guy slid tackle. That was a red card, and, uh, and I questioned you. But be honest. Did I question you then? No. BS. I questioned me, Mr. Dos Santos' question. Now, 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 Dave, if that is not a clear handball, and that needs to go to VAR. That doesn't show you how much the Portuguese referees are leaning one way or another. I don't know what does, Dave. I don't know if it's so much one way or to another, but they know that they have that cushion behind them where they can afford to not make that call right away and then have to go back to it. The same thing with the offsides. Uh, they're not calling the offsides right away, letting the play play out. And then if they have to go back, they have the, the VAR. So I think they're using it more as a security blanket. Granted, um, yeah. granted. But Dave, my man was like this. He looked like... Oh, 100%. No, you know what Ruben Michael reminded me of? A crossing guard at Oliver Street School when I was going to grammar school. He's like, oh, parai. That's what he looked like, yo. Don't. No, no. Bro, the guy had his arm up. I mean, it was, it was clear as day. It was one one. One thing I noticed between the, the refs on uh, Sunday compared to the refereeing on Thursday is that when there's a, uh, during the Europa League, when there's a, a call that goes against Bifika, the players, you know what, they don't, they don't go up to the referee. They don't go and dispute it. They, they respect no the referee. Europa League. That's why nope. we can make no, that, that no, uh, no. argument too, but I think there's no respect. Uh, and not, I'm not saying that they should have respect for the referees after what, uh, We've seen from them, but uh, it's just night and day style of refereeing between uh, European competition and uh, Liga Nosh. Look, I, I think that uh, when you look at this and you're looking at this play, whether you're looking at uh, on a TV monitor or VAR or Cidad football, whatever, you got to look to see what the intention and if it's that deliberate. And to me, when I look at this, and even after the multiple angle uh, replays, it doesn't look to be something that's that obviously that deliberate uh he, he looks like and he makes a point and he argues that he's turning his body 
and with the motion of turning his body, he's able to, uh, you know, his hand swings and the ball hits his hand. So I think that when you look at that play, that's what you look at. Now, um, I don't you think, think it, the ball hits his hand. He didn't raise his I, hand. I don't think is. I think that he, he's he's turning his body, but he, he also uses his hand to turn his body. Let me ask you a question. First of all, the hand was up. In my, in my honest, the hand, the was, hand up. was up already. Who in the in their right mind? Plays with their hands up in the box, Alfredo. Come on, look. I I know you're being a referee, giving the dudes the benefit of the doubt. It's it's My a honest, clear penalty for me. Clear. It's the a, fact that it went to VAR to me was an embarrassment. Well, to me, that that is as clear as penalty as there is. What we're what we're arguing here is what color red, what color card he should have gotten. No, that are going on those penalties. No, look. I I think that the the. When it's and from the angle where the referee was, it's something that's very quick. It's a bang bang play, and I think that it was hard for him to detect whether that came off the hand or whether that came off the head. And as a referee, you tend to listen for the sounds, and there's a, a very unique sound when it hits your hand or or your arm or your chest or your head. Uh, but uh, I think well, he, well, Galouche was quiet enough that uh, he could have heard anything, right? Don't even get us started on uh, on the on quietness at the Louche, because we're not there. But uh, there, there's been the the biggest topic is uh, the the stadium culture at Stade de Louche, with people leaving early, with the with the PD lumps with the lights. And you got to stay tuned to time added on for that, which That's will right. come out on Bifiki Independent. No, that was later on this week. That was last week we talked about the stadium culture. Well, we'll talk about it again because it's been an embarrassment. But look. As opposed to everyone else, I have a different opinion. And we'll talk about that later. So stay tuned. Check out Time Added on Time AO19 on Twitter. And we will give you the latest. Right. And we'll, we'll be discussing a few other topics. But let's let's uh, get this uh, Stubble game wrapped up. So, um, again, Rafa 2 nothing. In the 39th minute, wait, wait, we missed we missed Pizzi's missing the penalty shot. Oh, 29, 29th, uh, yeah, we we got as far as the penalty in the handball, but we. You want to talk about the 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 the, the what do you call it? the Monku Master? The Is that what you talking about, Dave? The Monku Master, the, the, the guy, King. the guy looks like Ozebu against the Monku, and then when time is. Are you talking about the guy with 17 league assists? Uri the He's not the that big. guy. That, that guy. guy. It's you, like you, you know, know about the Redus Frangus. You know, you know. No, 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 no. I was gonna give you one better. It's like you ever driven to Barrada and they're all Redus Leitoin. We were there just but dude, dude, the fact is that he had a poor game. Then he wound up with a later assist, and everybody's oh, he's back. Look, PZ is a player that I believe Benfica needs. Benfica needs to count on, but he is a critical player for Benfica, but it does not shy away from the fact that a lot of times when you need him at the most crucial moment, he has gone missing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, missed penalty. Rafa gets a second goal in the 36th minute. In the 39th minute, we uh, Stubel uh, reacts well to to those goals. And and credit to Stubel throughout the game. They, they try to play uh, even. Uh, with Benfica, they didn't uh, give up. They didn't uh, put their... Jogo their jogo dos machos, like the last... No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'll tell you that. No, they were... Um, it, it was, it's encouraging to see teams and come out to start to lose and play like that. They would get one back in the in the 39th minute and it, it nice, kind of dampened nice it, it dampened things a little It was a, a nice goal. Bit. Nice build up. Hey, look, you got yeah. it. It wasn't... Well, Ferro, Ferro with the cueca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started off I'm sure he did yeah. that in uh, Seychelles a couple times. Former Benfica guy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. a guy that I thought I thought deserved the look that Benfica for no, past years. Guys, I thought he deserved the look. Now, whether the guy is ten times better than him. when I thought he deserved the chance. Now we see it's a lot of fácil ver. Um jogo de pouco. Pá, After the river bom. comes out, do cantos, pá. Antes, qualquer um... Se ele fosse bom, já estava em Portugal há muito tempo. Não andava na Polónia, nem na Scottish Second Division. Whatever he was. Estou a falar antes. Ah, antes, está bem. Antes, está a falar agora. Antes, before you saw the river. Would you go all in or not? <laughs> That's the question. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's uh, Cristiano appearance is sponsored by Crown Royal Peach. <laughs> 
Uh, let's give him a shout out. He is they are fueling Cristiano's appearance tonight on the podcast. So if if Cristiano seems a little boisterous and more interventive than than usual, then uh, we can thank the Crown Royal Peach. So anyway, Benfica comes out of the the locker room. Uh, João Felix gets the the his first goal of uh, of the game and puts Benfica up three one. A brutal sliding interception by uh, Florentino. The Caval Cavaleiro Silencioso, the Silent Knight. O povo da luz. O povo da luz. That's what I want to call him. No, you don't want to call him the povo da luz, man. That's that. <laughs> that sounds too much like shitty that, shit. That criminal. That uh, that's up north. No, the, the Silent Knight. No, Florentino obviously showed uh, his number one quality, which is recuperação uh, de bolas. Um, he could play a bit of a six and an eight, and, and so can Samaris. I think Benfica benefits well from that duo in midfield, um, especially with Gabriel's absence. Um, and I think we'll see more of that down the stretch. But uh, to get back into the Stubal game, it was refreshing to, to see Benfica finally grab an early goal and com kind of calm us all down a bit. Yeah, I know Stubal made it 2-1, uh, but then Benfica quickly grabbed a 3-1 lead uh, in the beginning of the second half, a, a phenomenal finish by, by João Félix, uh, and an even better celebration with his brother. That was, that was nice <laughs> to see. Um, you know, and it was nice to see Benfica finally uh, win a game. I wouldn't say with comfort because, again, credit, and we touched on this earlier, credit to Stubal. They didn't they didn't park the bus. They played uh, very positive football inside of Luge. I mean, they came out in a 4-4-2. When's the last time you saw a small club uh, go to Luge and have that positive uh, style of football um, at, at Benfica? Um, so again, credit to them, but it was it was it was good to see Benfica uh, kind of win a comfortable one uh, and really settle our our uh, our our chests. Yeah, <laughs> watching Dave, uh, drop us some stats on this uh, on this stool game. I know you got quite a few things here that uh, should be uh, noted. Yeah, for sure. So we'll start from the uh, beginning. Rafa with the uh, brace bringing his goal totals uh, to twelve. Uh, in the Campeonato, uh, 16 amongst all competition, but he picks up uh, a yellow card for uh, simulation in the box, so he misses the next match against uh, Maritimo for uh, yellow card accumulation. Uh, Pizzi becomes uh, the third uh, Benfica player this season to uh, miss a penalty behind uh, Ferreira and uh, Salvio, and actually Benfica leads the league uh, with the most uh, missed penalties uh, with three this season as well. Uh, João Felix... What else can we say about him? Two assists and a goal. So altogether, he's got 11 goals, seven assists, and 21 uh, games this season. And uh, even Seferovic at the end uh, gets on the scoreboard uh, with his uh, league-leading 19th uh, goal scored and zero from penalties as well. So for people that want to make the uh, argument that uh, your striker should be taking the penalties, this guy's got no penalties, uh, no goals from penalties uh, this season. 19, all from no penalties. Yeah. And uh, something else, Benfica have, have already conceded 26 goals this season, the most since 2011-2012 through 29 games. And let's not forget uh, we had uh, we had Rui Vitória in the beginning of the season. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Um, uh, Benfica has never scored 81 goals through 29 games, which is uh, also very uh, encouraging. And again, that 10 nothing shellacking of Nacional, I'm sure, helped that number. In 14 games that Bruno Lage has been coached, Benfica has scored uh, four plus goals in eight of those games. Wow, it's quite impressive. Hook, uh, quite an offensive uh, offensive production here for for uh, Bruno Lage's teams. Yeah, just shows the the style um, that Blum, that Brunelage implements the the four four two, which is uh, in his case, it's a very offensive four four two, and obviously again it helps because he was playing that same system in the B team, so he just slid right in in the and and. Uh, implemented the a system that he's comfortable with. Implemented a system that I think we were all calling for uh, during the Rui Vitoria era uh, to return back to the four four two. And I think that uh, the players again um, instilling that confidence in them and 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 the the belief that there's twenty five of them now and not just thirteen or fourteen is also really uh, helping this team, uh, especially at a crucial time. Um, so I can't say enough good things about Bruno Lage, uh, about what he's done thus far. Yeah, absolutely. So Benfica grabs the 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 three points, and again, this was the Benfica's third game scoring four goals, right? If I recall correctly. So Eintracht, Feyenoord, yeah. and yeah. Stubel. Correct. 
hopefully that uh, the game the goals don't stop there when we uh play uh Eintracht this Thursday and then uh Maritim. Let's uh, turn our attention now to uh Maritim and uh, Dave, what's Maritim been up to this this uh season? They're currently in uh, 10th position with uh, 33 points from 10 wins, three draws, uh, 16 uh, losses. Uh, like Cristiano mentioned, uh, Petit is their coach. Uh, now he took over on uh, the 1st of December. And uh, since he's uh, taken over, they've won seven, drawn two, and uh, not, they have nine losses. So he, he kind of turned the uh, ship around for them, uh, moving them up to a uh, 10th position because uh, – before then, they were struggling uh, in with the uh, rele relegation uh, zone there. So he's kind of steadied the ship. And uh, their last five games, they've got three wins and uh, two losses. Yeah, they've only scored seven goals away from the Barreiros. Second worst attack tied with uh, uh, Chaves uh, when they go away from their uh, home stadium in, uh, in Funchal. Um Tricky game uh, for uh, for Benfica at, uh, with Maritimo, and I know that we're playing home. Uh, Maritimo is resting some play, well resting. Uh, uh, some players will not be available as a result of picking up uh, uh, accumulation of yellow cards, uh, and there's a, a, a bit of a, a controversy here, but not it's not really a controversy. This is also another topic that we're going to uh, talk about in our our, our YouTube show. Uh, time added on. Uh, but uh, at after the the flash after the game in the flash interview uh, of, of uh, Maritim's last game, uh, Petit did admit that he forced two of his players to uh, pick up their, uh, their their yellow card that would suspend them for the next game, uh, purposely against Benfica. So he drew some criticism uh, in regard to that. But you know the the response for from Petit and he already had done this against Porto, but Porto it wasn't forced yellow cards, but he rested players because Maritim's championship or Maritim's league is not against Benfica, is not against Porto, is against uh, other teams. And uh, up next after Benfica, they have Tondela, who is uh, only five points difference, and they're only six points uh, above the the relegation zone. So, uh, I give. Honesty. It's honesty on parts of on on Petit, and, and it's a strategy. Is he's the team manager? He is a manager of this team, and he knows what best what's best for this team. And if he feels that he's going to put these players in danger in danger of playing against Tondela, which is a team that and a game that they need to to win, um, then he's going to you know sit him out against Benfica or, or let him pick up a, a yellow card and just clean the slate. Uh, and, and just have them available for the rest of the season. Hugo, controversy here, or you think that uh, is uh, it's it's uh, this is just a typical case of it's Portugal, and more importantly, it's only it's only chatter because it's Benfica. Let's face it. Um, I rather I listen. It's strategic, obviously, from T to to force uh, two yellow cards on two of his players that had four bookings. Um, but again, this is only a a a topic because. He's honest about it in the press conference when when asked about it. He could have easily deflected yeah. uh, the question and and lied about it. But instead, the guy chooses to be honest about it. And boom, it starts all this chatter. Uh, meanwhile, you got Antonio Folha and Sergio Conceição basically kissing each other before the team this sport game. <laughs> Or linguage. But he's shining in this nada. Um, and again, I mean, again. Uh, it, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't yeah. type of uh, of scenario, and uh, it, I truly believe that it's only it's only being brought up because again, it's it's Benfica, and, and yeah, and Cristiano, whether he, uh, he he comes out and says it in a press conference or whether he just doesn't say and lets people create all kinds of uh, of uh, of theories on on what he's doing, he was honest. He was just honest about it. Look, I um I might agree with with um, his theory. Um, I understand that the remaining four games after this Benfica matchup are, are crucial, and that they will um, need every point possible to stay in uh, you know in the first division. But that being said, I, I would be frustrated if 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 they were facing Football Club Porto and he was to admit to such thing. And I know it did happen previously with Football Club Porto, but I don't recall him admitting it publicly. I think it it, it would have been more accepted or it would have been better suited on his part to just swallow it and act like it was part of the game. Look, the guy's got a yellow. We can't control what the players do out there. But now coming out and admitting it 
it just looks dirty. And 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 as a Benfiquista, as a, as a guy who fights for Benfica on a weekend, weekend, you know, week out basis, um, I don't want any help. And it seems like, right, even though he's looking out for the best interest in his team, it might seem like he's looking out for Benfica in this interest. And and so I just I I, I don't like it. I wish he would have kept it in, in inside and uh would have expressed it to his to his colleagues and rather not to the media. I think he's just being narrow minded when you can't understand where the guy is coming from and he explains no, it. Not, I, not you per se, I, but I don't the, think he's the any, people that have criticized. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's just the the, the 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 what's going on currently in Portuguese football where everything outside the four lines makes more noise than what the hell's going on within the four lines. I think that that is just added noise i don't think but, that was necessary to say let's that. face it though guys i mean this isn't the new tactic this has been going on for yeah. years and years uh not just in portuguese football and world yeah. football where people are forcing yellow cards i know it's a big topic in the way for competition you have to understand the current situation of the portuguese league and the toxic atmosphere is, that is surrounding is it portuguese football than no. jackson going through again, the motions again 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 this is a this is one of these fights or discussions that I do not want to speak about. I'm being honest and giving you my honest opinion. I don't hate the tick for tack, right? I wouldn't like, or just like I don't like, the fact that Portista is sitting here and accusing Petita being a Benfiquista, Clause Benfiquista, and he's setting up to give Benfica the game. Because if we go back, Porto, I mean, uh, Maritimo, the same thing as Porto. So it's like, bro, it is what it is. I rather he just would have kept it in 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 indoors. Therefore, this wouldn't have been a topic for everyone else to talk about. I don't like to the tick for tack. You you and I have talked about this off air plenty of times. I'm not a fan of the tick for tack situation that's going on in Portuguese football. I don't think it does Portuguese football any service. I don't think it does Benfica any justice. I think it's just an ugly scene that is going around in Portuguese football that now. Even if it's a clear victory, if it is an undisputed contest, anything can be questioned in Portuguese football, and it's despicable. I agree; it could have been avoided. Um, but again, it's it's the guy is being crucified for being honest. He could have easily deflected that question. I I agree on that front. But again, he's what, being what brings he's more being questions to the surface? Him just deflecting the question. Say, look. You know what? Players I have, reacted in a, in in a manner that I did not expect them to react. I have or, I have more of a problem. And again, I hate, I'm going back to Antonio Folha. Okay, I remember in in the Primeira Volta, Nakajima gets taken down in the box. He could have gone up to nothing. Doesn't mention anything in the press conference. Bro, after the this game. is the. This, I have more of a problem with something like that. Maybe I'm where he's clearly conditionado because he's a portista and he doesn't want to say. All hey, know we got that. Robbed. But we all know that. And so confronting it and being the same way and reacting the same way that we expect these. Porcus to react is not serving us any just. Look, one thing about Benfiquistas we've always claimed to be is classy Benfiquistas, and we look at things differently, and we look at things the way they should be. And now, do you react think you fight guys like Jota Marks with class? I ignore them. I ignore them. Don't laugh. Don't smile. I ignore them. Let them talk. Because as long as Benfica steps in every weekend and handles their business, they can sit there and chirp all they want. Because look, any person that is not blind, any person that is not biased, is able to see within the guidelines what the hell is going on in Portuguese football. So for me to react the same way, re when I sit here and complain that you're unprofessional, that you have no class, and then a week later, I react the same way. I, I lose all my voice. I can't be classy no longer because I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Again, I just don't. Yeah, but if he already, if he had done that for Porto, Right, and now we he admitted that he already had done that for Porto, but he didn't admit but, but it at the moment. Admit it at the moment, but, exactly. But now he does. So it. why he, couldn't he hide in his shield the way he did it. it before? I understand because the reality of things, and guys, please understand what I'm saying. All right, please understand what I'm saying. In today's climate, and today, what the hell is going on in Portuguese football today? Anything you say can and will be held against you. All right. Wouldn't it be wise for you to just say, look, but look, uh, I think it would have been wise. Players reacted in a way that I can't control. I'm only a manager. And look, we have other options. We will handle the situation as best as possible. And guess what? Nobody will question. I think he could have camouflaged it by simply telling his player to take somebody down from behind, grab oh. a jersey. Uh, 
you know, it would have been easier. You go, but he could have camouflaged. Yeah, that opportunity. And right. He had another opportunity after the game to be smart. And we're talking a, about a Portuguese international, a guy who's been there and has been in, played at Benfica, played at Bovisa, whatever, the, prior to getting to Benfica, but played in the limelight, a guy that is used to the attention. This is not his first rodeo. He I has agree. to be smarter than that. Again, he's being crucified. No for being honest. And I think, I think, and again, you're right. He is being crucified, but I think that all could have been avoided had he just said, I can't control what my players do. And then, of course, who jumps on it? A club who's benefited from at least 10 <laughs> points in a league position yep. is the one that, that jumps on that. So whether that uh, that is an easy game or a hard game for Benfica, we shall see. That game takes place on Sunday, uh, 8-15 local at Stade de Luz. Uh, and so we'll just uh, have to see how it plays out. Uh, uh, no doubt that Benfica can't be looking at uh, this Maritime team and, and thinking uh, that this is going to be an easy game. Lijla? Huh? It's on uh, it's on Monday the game. Oh, it's it on, is on Monday. Oh, it's not Easter, Easter Easter Sunday. Thank you. Uh, you could have came in and uh, interrupted me. I thought it was on Sunday for some reason. Sorry about that. It is on Monday. Th this game takes place on Monday, eight fifteen local at Stade de Luz. Fantastic. <laughs> so interesting. Those three points. That's it. That's it. So Benfica has to approach this game like they have approached uh, these past uh, games with uh, uh, professional and, and and serious and and just wanted to win from the onset. Faltam quantos? Cinco. Cinco finais. Cinco finais. So that's it. Dave, uh, you got anything else to add before we just, ways? Yeah, just a public service announcement. If you're going to be at the game, please make some noise and cheer this team on. This is getting embarrassing now to the point where if you're not going to support the team, just stay at home. Like, what's the point? I feel like this club has more of uh, of uh, support when they go on the road because you're going to get those passionate, hardcore refugees on, on the road. And it's more of an advantage when they're away from the study. Of the hundred of them, Dave. Yeah, let me uh, let me just uh, let me take advantage of uh, what you mentioned there, Dave. And and obviously, I would we would love to to give our honest opinion on that situation, but without being on the f at the stadium, on the field, or in the stands, it's kind of hard to really give my honest opinion. I could only give you my opinion from what I've read. Uh, and this is a shameless plug, obviously. No, well, not shameless, but the plug. Uh, check out Benfica Independent. There's a text. Oh, there's a, a post there by Nun Picard uh, in which he, he talks about the, the fan culture and some of the different fans and, and their approaches now that they're they're going to the stadium. Uh, and yes, uh, Benfica is pulling out big crowds. 56,000 is what uh, they announced at, at Stade de Luz. Uh, but really, there was a better atmosphere at Stade Luz, and I'm not only talking the old one, but I'm also talking about the new one. When there was lesser people in there, they seemed to be a lot more into the game and a, a lot more supportive. But then again, this touches up on the the type of crowds now that go to Benfica. You, you know, you see the girls all that all there taking taking selfies and this and that, and you know, so it's a different mindset. But nonetheless, if you go to the stadium, uh, number one. Don't whistle players because they're they're giving it uh, their all and, and their their effort. You sh they should deserve your support, not your whistling. Um, five. You know who does that? Sporting fans whistle their players. They're all, as soon as they're uh, off their form, they're they're on their players' back. Yeah, so they let's whistle. Oh, they 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 they. <laughs> you didn't have hair on your cheeks the last time they won a title. They, they're within. They're right that the whistle. Yeah. No, uh, and, and the thing is that, look, uh, don't whistle the players. And, and look, five leaving five minutes early. And here's the thing, right? The team worked their asses off and played their asses off to give you a good game and present a good uh, entertaining spectacle. The most you could do is stay after the whistle and applaud the, the team. Five, leaving five minutes earlier just because you want to beat traffic is not going to be a lifesaver unless you're you're some kind of a doctor that you have to go to the hospital to start your shift. Come on, stay for the remaining of the game, and after the final whistle blows, applaud the team for their effort and for the performance that they put forth. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think a lot of the silence that you that you uh, notice at the stadium as well has to do with the moment of the season you're in, the tension. You could feel the tension. Think so? I, I think I really do think so. You could feel the tension from our couches. Imagine at the stadium. Um, so that's not an excuse. I, I agree with everything that was said. Uh, you got to go there and really give your your uh, your team the twelfth man. Um, but I, I I think that 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 could be w what's what's going on. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, we'll uh, with that we'll put a bow on this. Hugo, uh, are you on uh, on Twitter? I am. You want to shout out your uh, Twitter if you if you know it. <laughs> I'll have to get back with back to you guys on that one. <laughs> At 10CO10 is where you can find uh, Cristiano Oliveira. Uh, 87DO87 uh, is where you can find Dave. Apifica Podcast is where you can find uh, and uh, Hugo is looking it up uh, real quick. Uh, how many followers do you have? I think I have about 30. <laughs> It's uh, at H-U-A-U... <laughs> he just said the U. At H-U-F-E-R underscore 10. 10. I'm oh. the true number 10. All right. Yeah, so, all right. So, yeah, you go, lying to yourself. Go uh, go give Hugo uh, some some love uh, here on Twitter. And he, he I just joined not too long ago. There you go. That's the excuse for the 30 followers only. <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks a lot for checking us out. Next week, we'll be back. We'll break up. Uh, we'll break down the Eintracht game. We'll break down the Maritim game and we'll look uh, ahead to uh, what's next for Rafika. Thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, Cristiano, uh, last words. Maybe you want to give your sponsor a shout out. I'm good, bro. I'm good. All uh, right. Hopefully, Benfica picks up another impressive victory on the road and another three points at uh, Liga Nos. And we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, always good to uh, speak to you and uh, everyone. Take care, everyone.